0: You've probably heard of Gen Z, but how much do you really know about them? How are they different from previous generations, and what is important to them? Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content. Our show returns with all new material next week. Until then, I hope you will enjoy this replay of my interview with Roberta Katz, co-author of Gen Z Explained, The Art of Living in a Digital Age, who spoke with me in January. Gen Z Explained is out in paperback in October from the University of Chicago Press. Roberta Katz is a senior research scholar at the Center for Advanced Study in the Behavioral Sciences, an interdisciplinary research lab at Stanford University. In her research on the generation born in the late 1990s and first decade of the 21st century, she uncovered a confident collaborative cohort and she provides a richer, more optimistic view of Zoomers than you may expect. Gen Z is the first generation never to live without the Internet. They expect to inherit from previous generations an onerous legacy, a world in crisis over climate change, inequity, and social revolution. Boomers may still run most businesses and most governments, but it is the Zoomers who will set the agenda for the rest of this century. If you enjoy our podcast, please tell a friend to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or Google Music Services. You can also watch our discussion on YouTube. Just search for Gen Z Explained. Welcome to the program, Roberta Katz. Thank you, Chris. I'm
1: delighted to be here.
0: Well, we appreciate you joining us, Roberta, and we want to discuss this book, which is fascinating and well worth the patience it takes to make your way through it and to learn about Gen Z. Our own era isn't the first, of course, to see a great technological revolution spark an equally tremendous social revolution, the industrial revolution, you point out, drove a generation of young people away from farms and villages into cities where new social constructs were born. So tell us, how is the digital revolution that's already transformed all of media and commerce also remaking society? Generation Z is the most diverse generation yet. Is that what makes them so different from any past generation?
1: Well that's one of the factors, Chris, but there are many factors. I'd like to point out to people that the digital revolution has come on with unprecedented speed, it has presented us with unprecedented scope and scale of information and most importantly it has it has uh, kind of given a, a rocket boost to how we communicate. the internet Is all about communication. And if you think about the importance of communication to human life and the fact that we have this extraordinarily powerful new tool, you begin to understand why this revolution is so, it has us all kind of with our heads spinning.
0: Many of our listeners will be familiar with, Free to Be You and Me, which appeared first as a children's record album in 1972 and, and then later as a, a television special produced by Marlo Thomas and, and the Miss Foundation for Women. And what's critical there is how it shaped, it was part of shaping uh, generation Z, because of the values that free to be expressed, expressed values of individuality, tolerance, comfort with one's identity, um, sort of post gender neutrality, and that is key to understanding Gen Z. I,
1: absolutely, they are they are living the legacy that was set down by past generations, or at least one generation. I think two. And um, but they, the fact that they had access to to learning about so many more ways of living, both online and then in their schoolrooms, because because of immigration, because of urbanization, because of these other changes that have happened, they they have uh, they have a familiarity with more ways of living than was true in the past.
0: And, and they have a familiaration with these intersecting identities there isn't a single identity they are overlapping uh, connecting um, it allows them to exist in a variety of different spaces at the same time
1: exactly so we always humans have always had multiple identities you have an identity as a as a son as a brother as a as a in your professional life uh, as a as a father. Those are somewhat different identities. What has changed is that largely because you can find so many diverse communities online, you have more pieces of that identity that you can live out. And and so we talk in the book a lot about what you reference as the intersection of all of these identities that together form one person and the uniqueness of every person.
0: and But the, at the same time, there is an emphasis among Gen Zers on the whole self, being whole. And it strikes me, it's an interesting challenge to be both whole and to have this multiplicity of identities. And that's where this notion of trust comes in. Um, you report, based on the interviews you conducted and your team conducted, that Many Gen Zers want to know who you are and that that will lead to trust, whether they friend you on Facebook or follow you on LinkedIn.
1: Yes. And I we talk a lot about the importance of this term authenticity. They have grown up online where they've been exposed to scams, to fake news, to um, inordinate number of ads. And they've gotten very savvy about, uh, as it were, separating wheat from chaff. And so they they really, by, by authenticity, what they mean is what you say is consistent with what you do. So they're okay with someone presenting a, a, a doctored photo or whatever, as long as that person is is saying truthfully, this is a doctored photo. This is a, I'm, I'm doctoring this because I want to present myself this way. But, but if they say this is not a doctored photo when it is, then you've broken that trust. You are not being authentic.
0: And the emphasis for Gen Z, you point out, is around relevance and relatability. And I think that would be a key for anyone hoping to communicate with them, whether it was a parent trying to communicate with someone in, in Generation Z, whether it's an organization, a company, an institution, a university. Relatability, relevance, uh, these are all critical to them.
1: Absolutely, and where that comes from, as we point out in the book, is that they've grown up with such an abundance of information. They had to get good at sorting what they needed from what they didn't. There are attendant worries about that, um, and and there are some people who are starting to um, in, in how they educate about online um, information seeking. They are starting to uh, try to address that because. It's not an, uh, an absolute good to, to be dismissive of something that you don't think is relevant. But it, it, is, it comes from having, having learned how to deal with an abundance of information.
0: Reaching this generation is a challenge. It's a challenge for anyone not a member. It's probably even a challenge for themselves to really understand each other fully since they exist in this, in this cyberspace, although they value personal contact.
1: One of our most surprising findings to us was that almost to a person among the people we interviewed, when we asked, what is your favorite form of communication? We thought they would mention something online. Almost to a person, they said face to face. They value their friends. They value their human uh, experience much more than we Had expected. One of the conclusions in the book is that we believe these young people, being as savvy as they are about online existence, are fighting very hard to preserve the human, messy experience, the messy part of the human experience.
0: They seem to really favor collaboration, but of a different kind. these are collaborations based on teams, based on identifying people who can contribute for a specific reason. And these are also teams that essentially are leaderless.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and if you think about it, 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 this too relates to how they grew up. Um, I'll never forget when one of my, uh, my children came home and said, I'm going to work on a project. We get, we get a group grade and we will all work on it together. For, for my husband and myself that was like, what do you mean a group grade? These young people grew up absolutely working together. And then if you think about what they experienced online with, with fan fiction groups, Wikipedia, GoFundMe, the number of online group efforts that have been successful, it has, has influenced them. So in, so both through their educational experiences and what they were doing online, they realized that working together was positive. Well, one of the other surprises from our study was that when we asked them about leaders and leadership, one of the things many of them said is, well, we choose a leader based on the need. So you could have multiple leaders during the course of some team's work based on the expertise of the different members of the team. And in some cases, they said, we just don't need a leader. Everybody knows what to do. That was a big change, but they are making it work. And it's one of the places where as they go into workplaces, uh, I think we're going to see some some friction.
0: Interesting. And we expect to hear from Gen Z uh, kind of complaint around what they are inheriting, um, the climate change conundrum, iniquity, uh, social revolution of all kinds. And, and yet, in spite of that gloom, which is gloomy for me as well, you don't have to be in Generation Z to think that's a gloomy prospect. In spite of that gloom, This is a generation that you say um, really has some hope. They have some optimism. Um, And you also make the case that they are not self-centered, which many would accuse them of being, but they are self-reliant. And that seems an important difference too.
1: Chris, I'm so glad you point that out. They They have learned to go get the information that they need. They can go to the internet and they... It's not that they reject all forms of expertise, but they they will seek out the expertise that they feel they need to complement what they already know. So a, a didactic form of teaching them, which is to say, if someone says, well, let me tell you what you need, is not going to sit well with them. They are self-reliant. They are not self they're, they're not self-centered in, in a selfish way because they do care so much about each other, because they are used to working with each other, and because they feel, I think rightly, that they have huge challenges in front of them. They are disappointed in in their elders, I think is the best way to put it, for not having solved these problems. It's a natural human reaction of, well, how come How come you've left me with this mess? But they have no choice but to be hopeful about, and, and pragmatic about how they're going to address these changes. So climate change, of course, is a big one. Um, you know, uh, uh, gun violence in schools is another place where they've come together. You can find lots of places where, where they do it by coming together.
0: I'll honestly tell you that as I was reading through the book, there were moments when I had to really continue to get ahead, to move page to page, because there were some comments and some insights that were hard for me to swallow. I'm not a member of Gen Z. So for me, this was a perspective that seemed alien to me. Yet the reward in the book is to get to that message of optimism. I I, I just found it striking and surprising. And I bet you and your team did too.
1: Yes, we did. We did. I, I, I think it's safe to say that the four of us, all from older generations, we started this study because we couldn't understand these students we were dealing with. And we all had the sense that they were not just young people, but they were really different young people from the young people we had been counseling and teaching in prior years. Something had changed and we didn't understand it. And that was really what led to this study. This, um, they are the future. And so the the whole point of the book is to promote cross-generational understanding. One of the uh, fun things that's happened as the book has now gotten out is that I'm also hearing from younger people who are saying, oh, I didn't realize that we are that different from our parents or grandparents in, in some particulars. In some ways, they know they're different, but in other ways, they just hadn't they hadn't stopped to think about how different their own upbringing had been from that of their parents or grandp- grandparents.
0: Well, I appreciate you shining a light on those differences. Roberta Katz, Senior Research Scholar with the Center for Advanced Study in the Behavioral Sciences at Stanford University and co-author of Gen Z Explained, The Art of Living in a Digital Age, Thanks so much for joining me on the program today.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. It was a pleasure to talk with you.
0: Our co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. You can subscribe to the program wherever you go for podcasts. And please do follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm Christopher Keneally. Thanks for joining me on Velocity of Content from CCC.